Hello, I'm Chris Abbott from C64Audio.com, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. And also, I'm Thing on the Spring, and I approve of this message. Hello, welcome to the Seamwork Podcast. I'm Jörg and this is AJ. Hi AJ, how are Hi. you doing? Oh, 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 how did that go? Oh, oh man, I forgot how we did, used to do that. Remember, remember the first rounds we had? We had sort of like an inside joke where, where, you know, I'd be like, be like I'm AJ, Jörg's over there. And you'd be like, I'm doing fine, thank you. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah, that. yeah. Because for some reason we had, we we did that in the first one because it was kind of a mess when we put it together, and then uh, the second time I actually asked, "How are you?" And you're like, "I'm fine," but I cut it out of the podcast just to make it make it as weird and awkward as the first one. And I did that for I think the first five of them. I didn't notice. Yeah, just to make just to be consistent and weird. Okay, we are weird already. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. today we talk to Peter Reichenbach, but that will come later. Yes. And he is the creator of the C128 Remastered. Not Reloaded. If you look up, as I've mentioned, if you, if you do a Google search for C128RL, you get ceramic cabinet knobs. Nice. Which is apparently, you know, that's the part number. If if you're into ceramic cabinet knobs, by all means, they're <laughs> they're, they're they're nice. They're a little bit too too floral for me. I, I don't. They wouldn't go well in my kitchen. But <laughs> you know, if you're into that sort of thing, knock your socks off. Nice, nice, nice. But okay, so we have some news stuff before we yep. begin. So um, start with the news. Yes, let's do that. I feel like I feel like we're backwards today. You, no problem. You, you started the podcast, and I'm doing the news. It's, yeah, uh, that was intentional. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. First off, we have to talk about it because Billy Mitchell. Oh yeah, we got. Yeah, we, he we lost have to, his record. Yeah. He lost access. He lost all everything. He was banned from Twin Galaxies. And I've done, I've looked into it a little bit more since the first few times that we've talked about it. And I I don't there there's I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt in the beginning because of what we knew about him and because of, you know, them saying that he's not really technologically inclined and therefore wouldn't be, wouldn't be using MAME because he wouldn't know how to use MAME. Um, having looked at some of this stuff, I don't, it's, it's really difficult to defend him at this point. You mentioned in a private chat that uh, even uh, the King of Kong movie where he sent in a VHS tape, you said that it looked like um, poorly sticked together at the place where the high score was. Right, right. It's it's reached. so it's so weird because um, if you look at 
and there's there's videos online there's lots of videos online that are, are taking this stuff apart and analyzing it all um, if you look at the VHS tape that he sent in it is it shows you know it's supposed to be a direct stream of the game and being VHS there's like some artifacts and some fuzz and whatnot like tr- it looks like the tracking is off or so but it, it is right over the score like it right covers the score and then when it goes away the score has jumped up a ton and it just there's and and we had reached out to obviously Billy Mitchell but he's not gonna I don't think he's talking to anybody we also reached yeah. out to Richie Knuckles who we also reached out to to, to Twin Galaxies themselves yeah, right and they all said they don't want to talk right. about it nobody wants to talk about this and I think that's telling in itself the other video that they had, which is where he gets the high score in Donkey Kong and then Donkey Kong Jr. Um, and it's him and I don't know who, the, I don't remember who the other guy is. Um, and they make a big show of, all right, he just got the high score here. We're going to take this board out and put in another board. And it's weirdly acted and weirdly lit. And if you look, they take out one board. And then they put the exact same board right back in. Like, the Mm. whole thing was like, there's no reason to go through all that. If you're really doing it, it's like they they went above and beyond to be like, look, we are using actual boards. You know, and whereas if he was just using an actual board, you wouldn't think that that would be something that you would need to to show. You know, Um, but... but the thing is with the whole thing is that <sighs> okay let's be honest yes. if you are into arcade games right. since your childhood if you played and figured out the perfect game of Pac-Man and right. Donkey Kong and found the glitch and so on yes, and then you tell people like all the 30 years you had no idea what you were doing that's totally Unbelievable. Right. I think he has more knowledge about computers, electronics, and all that stuff than anybody oh. would imagine. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. So probably he knows how to cut VHS tapes. And probably he figured out, okay, let's do a disturbance here. And then people will think it's the, a disturbance the tape. The VHS tape, though, I feel like you've seen King of Kong. Sure. Many times. Right. That's This is where the VHS tape tape comes into play because the other dude in the movie is trying to get the score at the very end you know billy mitchell the tape arrives from him and it makes him champion again and it feels like and i don't have anything corroborating this so this is just me talking nonsense maybe but it feels like this was manufactured to create tension and drama in the movie nobody knows right but it's you know it looks to the 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 level of editing that it is it looks like it was it could have been put together just for for that movie and and it even shows in the movie i think it's Walter Day is sitting on the phone being like why does it, does the score jump like this here and why does it do this and why does it do that and then he's he gets out the phone and he's like it's legit so but that makes twin galaxies complicit in this whole thing and and i feel like the only reason that a lot of this 
is being dealt with now is because somebody else caught them. Yeah. Yeah, we had the discussion whether Chase Hall would have done it either way or not. I doubt it. I really doubt You know, he's he's making a, a thing where we're going to try to clean up uh, Twin Galaxies and we're going to fix all these problems and this and that. And I think that had nobody found this, had nobody brought this up, they would not have taken it upon themselves to review all of these scores and 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 go after this. They're doing mm. it because they got caught. Because Billy Mitchell was buddies with Walter Day. Billy Mitchell was providing financial support to Twin Galaxies. So, I mean, you know, he's so intertwined with the thing that, yeah, they're going to want him to be, you know, you know, they, they're 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 friends. So, mm. and it's it's. I, you know, it, it's I, I don't know. It just it feels it feels very crooked, kinda, and mm. I feel like we need a better system for keeping because Twin Galaxies is what the Guinness Book of World Records goes on as far as video game scores go, and I think we need to stop that and have like everything else have a Guinness judge be there for it rather than just take their word for it. That's that's how I feel about with this, and and I don't care uh, video game scores. I, I don't. I, it doesn't make any difference to me. But if you want to be really, if you want to be um, official, o- official, and if you want to be fair, and and um, impartial about it, then you sort of have to do that. Well, you forget that in the eighties. I mean, you shouldn't forget that in the eighties, those were professional gamers. They actually got money. Oh yeah, right. Based right, on yeah. that, so it was it was a way of living, you yeah, know. Right, Billy Mitchell. You know, Todd Rogers, for example, who's right. another pro player. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, and Billy Mitchell was actually flown in by Namco. Yeah. Um, to talk to the creator of Pac-Man and talk about all that, so people actually were financially supported. Oh, oh, god, yeah. Imagine just from, just from the time of King of Kong until now. When did King of Kong come out? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay, so yeah. eleven years. All right. Just yeah. think of how much money Billy Mitchell has made from appearances and TV shows. And whatever else, based on a fake score in those last eleven years, mm. you know. So I, I mean, mean, he's definitely yeah. they've definitely profited from this, and 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 I've seen I'm seeing a lot of stuff too. You know, Richie Knuckles was very verbal about defending Billy Mitchell. Yeah, you know? He, he, you know, I talked to him. Um, he said, like, yeah, I will get the real board out and mm-hmm. I will prove right. to everybody that this wasn't fake. Right. And he is he is he is also in the scene called the king of arcades because right. he, he's refurbishing every That's, arcade yeah. looking like right from the factory. Yeah, he was he talking, knows a lot of technical stuff. Yeah, he I mean, was he, very... he does the Kong offs. Mm-hmm. He was super verbal. I'm going to prove we're going we're to get to the bottom of this. And then suddenly... We're not talking about it, and that that right there is very telling to me that he mm. went from "We're going to show the world that that this is cool" to being "I'm not talking about it." And I and I understand that he's your friend, and not not not, not that Richie Knuckles is your friend, but I understand that Richie Knuckles and Billy Mitchell are good buddies. But you know, it's 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 a shame the whole thing. It's just very. 
it's also poor for Richard Knuckles because he, if that is true, and Billy um, yeah, really Mitchell and Rogers were were um, were faking, you know, yeah. then it's poor for for Richie because he didn't know, right, right, and he, he believed this was all made up to yeah. make to badmouth Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell. And now right. he's finding out, okay, the the judges were right. Yeah, and he's it going out is, on a limb for these guys, and uh, it's, you know, it's backfire, and it's making him look bad. Yeah, how disappointing is that, you know? Right, right. So that's that's where we stand with that. Mm. <laughs> but but that's the first. No, I mean, I mean that's the thing that that I often said since the beginning. If you were so much involved in arcades and stuff, you cannot say I have no idea about how computer works. Right? You know? Yeah. No. No. There's like, no way. You know, it's like like um, I like talking English every day and saying like I forgot all my language. Yeah. All of a sudden, that uh -huh. doesn't make sense. You know. Right. So, but 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 again, even if it was. Even if it was, um, even if he didn't understand the logistics of how it works, that doesn't prevent him from knowing that, oh, I can, you know, we, someone else can stitch together different games of, you know, from MAME, and we can, you know, make a winning tape that way. I would love to know the backstory behind it all. I would love to know if it has anything to do with the movies, you know, because. And, and and I feel like if 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 the movie was responsible for it, right? If this was like a movie producer saying we need to make this tape to make some dramatic, you know, to make some dramatic action for the movie, then suddenly it's accepted by Guinness, and now you're committed. Now you can't come back and just say, oh, we just made that up for the movie. You know, now now you're all in, so you got to keep up this charade. But on the other hand, also all the records after the movie, right? were also deleted. Yeah. Right. So well, yeah. That then that's 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 an interesting thing too is that is that they have expunged all of his stuff from there, which I don't know if that's necessarily fair because sure he cheated on this and that, but if there's a verified high score then you, you know, I mean the, the, I I don't know. I don't know. It just feels if if you have a verified high score and then you cheated on the one after that. The verified high score still stands. Mm. I feel. So I feel like. Mm. So you think Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell shouldn't have been removed? Um, I think that the. I, I I think that they maybe should have been removed, but not necessarily banned. Mm. Because now, even if Billy Mitchell goes and gets the highest score, ever in any game, he can never be counted again in the the records or in twin galaxies because he's been banned from the thing so you know and that's not i guess that's that serves as punishment for cheating but at the same time it feels like you're i i don't, I don't know but that also means that the manas money source it's cut off for right. for those things. Right. I guess nobody will, no show will invite Todd Rogers, who who was who was um, who was um, also called the king yeah. of um, of gaming, <laughs> um, yeah. or or or, um, or Billy Mitchell. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like they still 
Billy Mitchell, anyway, I feel like still has enough of a kind of a cult of personality surrounding him where he can still make something of this, even mm. even being banned from Twin Galaxies. You know, he's got enough friends in the industry and, and enough That's enough true. clout. But um, but the I mean this thing hit big. I mean yeah. it even it hit even hit mainstream. I mean there was a big article about it in, in the New York Times. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it's all over so, the place because it's, you it's know, such a high profile. And and there will no BBC, no New York Times, no um, no uh, talk show or whatever in the USA saying hey let's invite Billy Mitchell. That yeah. would that would mean they lose their credibility, right. you know, if they invite a cheater. Yeah, that yeah. will not happen anymore. Sure, he will still have his friends in the community and in the industry, but there will be no mainstream mainstream. And he's still got his media. hot sauce. He's got his hot yeah. sauce empire to fall back on. That's that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so moving on from from this. Well, it's it, anyway. It's interesting that a person like Billy Mitchell made it into um, uh, pop culture. Yeah. Well. Into mainstream. I mean. Yeah. How many people can say that? Yeah. yeah well, and it's a shame that his legacy has been tarnished like this. You know, because he's, you know, he is what he is. He's a. He's played lots of games and got some scores. Interesting character. Yeah. yeah. Right. Even Todd Rogers, I tried to contact on Facebook, but didn't reply to me. And, and right there, you know, when when they when you don't want to, if if you're accused of something and you don't want to talk about it or you refuse to go and talk about it, that's that's kind of telling in and of itself. You know, I, I think it's not making on, the situation better. He yeah. went on one podcast, and that podcast kissed his ass relentlessly. You you mean Billy Mitchell or Todd Billy, Rogers? Billy Mitchell. After after the accusations came out, he went on one podcast where they were completely obsequious to him, like he was, you know, king of all media. And that was his that was his response. You know, they were like, "Did you ever use Mame?" And he's like, "No, I've never used Mame." Okay, I can't believe why people would think you used Mame. It's they didn't even there was no critical, you know, conversation about it at all. It was just you know, you're an awesome guy, and you know. Thank you for being on our show, and that might be it. But anyway, so getting back to things. Um, okay. So the ultimate sixty-four, a sixty-four ultimate, rather, is out, and you've oh got, yes, you've gotten it, yes, yes. I'm yeah. I'm really happy with it. I mean, as I said um, later on in the interview, it's really <laughs> cool because you can just pop in a USB stick and update it and get some bug fixed. Right. right. Wow. It, so, so you've actually got it. You, you, you have it, and you've hooked it up, and it's functional. Yes, yes, it is. How does it? How does it work? How does it stack up next to a? Uh, well, the the sit sit FPGA is not sounding as good from the filters as the original one, okay. but that is probably something that's going as the last thing because. Yeah. First, some things had to be fixed, like timing for the floppy drive, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing the Ultimate 64 doesn't have yet is the user port. That will be an additional cable to hook up later. Right. But since the RF 
output and so on is not used, that is probably where I will cut in a hole in the case and stick it in there. You know, does it does it have Wi-Fi? Because I was I, I remember reading something saying it was going to have Wi-Fi modem built. No, in. no, no. Oh. It it has it has an Ethernet. Oh. It has the same Ethernet like the Ultimate Two fifteen forty one. You know. See that that but user got, port is is a deal breaker for me because I use my user port. Frequently. Yeah, that is that is why uh, that is why he didn't this is why he didn't get rid of it completely, but it will be an additional interface cable to add yeah, later on. Right. Yeah. What what do you use it for? Oh, Wi-Fi modems mostly. Okay. There's Good. also a I believe there's an EEPROM programmer that that a reprom burner that uses it. I don't I don't know for certain. I don't have that. I want. I've wanted to get one for a long time, but I don't have one yet. And yeah, also, of course there are things. You know, I, I printers, also, for example. Yes, printer, printer uh, interfaces. Yes, that also uses them. Centronics interface, yeah. which is the most known one. Yeah. Yeah, but I've got you know amongst all these Wi-Fi modems. This is the one by uh, by Nick. I got one too. Yeah. Oh, you got one by Nick. Yeah. I love his is in all honesty this one does the 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 c64.net nick this thing does way more but it Nick's, does there's way more options for it but nick's just works better mm. like nick's you plug in and you don't need to worry about it it's just like it just works really, really just freaking good. looking where I put it. Uh, yeah. Didn't try it yet. Wow. Should. I should. It's awesome. In May, I have a long, long holiday. Yeah. And then I will use it. Okay. Yeah, here I got it too. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I... Uh... I highly recommend, not that this is actually, I'm going to be cutting this part out, but yeah. Um, this one has, the 64 net Wi-Fi has, there's software that comes with, that works with it, that gives you like an IRC client, and you can download software off of FTP sites with this one, directly with this, this modem. But, but this one does not work as easily as this Hmm. This one's got way more. There's like switches and and jumpers and crap on it that you gotta gotta worry about. Nix is just like you plug it in and you go and you're good. Interesting. Yeah, I will try it out soon. Don't worry. And none of them. Um, the I've got. I've also got this one here. Um, that one I got too. Yeah. yeah. That's actually the first one I got. Yeah, this is the first one I got too. They they can all do 9600 baud, but Nix is the only one that can do 9600 without having an issue. Like I got all kinds of garbles and and line noise and junk if I do 9600 with either of the other ones, but Nix can do it like nothing. Well, I mean, Nick is the expert in network. I mean, he's he he has done strike term, which yes, everybody relies on nowadays. He also did CCGMS. The and every, <laughs> that's funny because he's like Andrew, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that good. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not that great a coder. Dude, guy's amazing. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Nick is, is, 
Nick is amazing, and he totally undersells himself. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we're, Back to I, the news. Yeah, we're, we're, news talk, we're talking about the Ultimate 64. So. Yeah. So you're uh, yeah. So it uh. So no use report, but everything else works. Works nicely. And what's the video out on that? Is that HDMI or is that S video? Yeah, HDMI or um or the normal video. I actually I actually connected it via um via Chroma Luma to my monitor. Oh, nice. And occasionally I use a CRT TV oh. over composite. I'm not using the HDMI actually. It's yeah. got the fifteen forty one ultimate built in. Yes. Which is That's one of those true. things that everyone loves. I don't have one. That's true. Now that you've got I don't, that, you want to I have one, one, but I use it. I use it for tape remastering. That mainly. is the one thing that I could use it for because there are certain things that all I can find, all I can get is them on T sixty four files, and you can't do shit with that. Uh, you with can that. actually. You can use Dear Dear Master from Style, and you can actually take the T sixty four. Then have, I don't have a Windows computer. Well, but you can you can install Windows on yours. I can, but I don't. Then you should. I have to get another hard drive for mine because. Then you should. Then you should. Anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway, anyway that is that is the, that, that's the way I'm using it. Yeah. And and how how I transfer tra how I transfer data and I'm doing that since 2005. So yeah. since 13 years. I'm actually using Warp 64 and I'm using the RRNet okay. connected to the Vetro replay. And, um, and there's also one of the news, the RRNet 3, which can also be used separately without, uh, um, with, without um, a motherboard to, to, um, to put it onto. Yeah. Um, actually, there was released a firmware update to add some features, which is kind of interesting because originally the RRNet uh, was not meant to be updatable for the user. Right. So that thing changed now. Um, yes. So what... I've, I've heard of the RRNet quite a bit. What does that do specifically? Well, it, it's... Um, it, it actually is... Um, it's actually an um, a network interface card that was designed by um, by Adam Dunkels, okay, which is also part of the Contiki, Contiki yes. operating right. system, okay. yeah, yeah, which uses um, Pico TSCP IP and Pico IP, and that Pico IP TSCP IP protocols were the the starting point of um, of Internet of Things. Hmm. So Adam Dunkels used Contiki and this Pico IP, TCP IP and Pico IP um, as a starting point for the Internet of Things. That is why Adam Dunkels is seen as the inventor of Internet of Things. Huh. He's the guy who made it big. And I did an interview with, with him once for SceneWorld, which we can link. It's, it's an audio interview over Skype. And there he explained where this all is coming from. The, the RRNet is actually something that Adam Dunkels developed, and Jens Schoenfeld, with, which with individual computers, actually manufactures. Okay. And um, the first and second version were were requiring 
a basic board to a driver board to run on, and that would be the retro replay um, or the MCC. And then the third version is a standalone version, but it can be still connected to the clock port of the RRNet if you have one. Okay. Um, so, and now they added the functionality of um, allowing you to update the firmware and getting new features to it. And that was just announced by ProtoVision yesterday, hmm. um, who are also selling it okay. as a reseller next to Jan Schoenfeld. Um, so Jan Schoenfeld actually made an entry in his wiki of iComp, where you can get the manual and all that information and also the firmware update. Hmm. Um, right. Yeah, so other news. The <clears throat> retro online store IM8Bit announced that he closes the um, COUK store. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and they, and they mentioned it. It's for a good reason, oh. for a positive reason. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And they, they sold it as a good thing because now they are doing one thing. They are go, they are moving the European stuff to local retail stores. Hmm. Yeah. So you can actually be a local retail store for old, I don't know, vinyls, you know, records, right. vinyls and stuff. Yeah. And you can say, okay, I also want to sell the new old games. And then you can get a partnership for IM8 Bit and sell their stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't think it's a positive thing because, you see, now they are only shipping via IM8 Bit USA. That means for Europeans, well, you have to go to the customs and you have to talk to them and getting your stuff and pay VAT and all that stuff. And that was getting a rid of because you got your stuff from the UK and then everything was fine. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a downer. On the other hand, as we know, the UK is leaving the EU in two years. So it's not like it's a big change because in two years you wouldn't have the advantage anymore anyway. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I th I don't I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think that a reason to allow partnerships in local stores is a good reason to just shut off the European part of your shipping company. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's a good reason. No, neither do I. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. I mean, yeah. they are making good stuff. I mean, this uh, Street Fighter 2 Anniversary Edition yes. uh -huh. was pretty good. Yeah. Can't complain about it. Yeah. 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 So let's uh, let's take a little trip over to uh, to uh, out of, a little trip out of the C64 scene into uh, the Sinclair ZX Spectrum scene. Okay, what's the news about that? Okay, well, Rick Dickinson, one of the designers, actually passed away very recently. Seriously? Yes. The Spectrum was designed by him. He died on uh, April 24th. Wow. So that's, that was sad news. Um, this, however, was, was... So the ZX Spectrum people posted an obituary on 
the Indiegogo page with a copyright at the bottom. And it turns out that they copy and pasted that from some other guy's obituary of Rick Dickinson that was written for, uh, for BitTech. The uh, guy's name was Gareth Halfacre. Uh, Gareth Halfacre? I'm not sure how you pronounce that last name. But he tweeted about it, saying, uh, mind telling me why I'm reading my words on the sad passing of Rick Dickinson, written for BitTech in an Indiegogo post with your copyright at the bottom. So, so even when dealing with this nonsense, they seem to be, I, <laughs> they can't even, I don't know. Write that their own verse. They can't even write their own obituary for the guy that designed the thing that they're trying to make. They've now said that um, they have now said as of uh, in in February that they were looking at an estimated delivery date for shipping units to backers in April 2018. Which is now. Which is now. Which is actually well, no, it's 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 over. It's May now. Not yet. Just a few days. <laughs> it's May. It's May fifteenth. Sure. Okay. Um, so but that same day that they announced that, though, uh, the BBC reported that Indiegogo was going to be appointing a collections agency to get money back that was paid to them if it was not released by the end of May. Yeah, they actually were sued, weren't they? Yeah, they were sued. Yeah, they they were sued uh, a small claims court in January 2018. Um, and and the, and they lost it because the judge ruled there was an implied contract of sale, so they had to reimburse the people suing them. So this is, but now they're also talking about what they're going to be shipping is not the original ZX Vega Plus that they had promised, but the version two of the thing. A better version. I don't I don't know if it's a better version, but it's not what people were paying for. Okay, I don't know what what the v, what the difference. Oh, you just sent me the Billy Mitchell podcast link again. Oh, that, that no, I didn't, I didn't send that again. I sent that way before. No, I just received the message oh, that geez. you sent me. Something. Oh, okay. It was a bit of a delay then. It was a little bit of a delay, yeah. So, <laughs> so the the ZX Spectrum drama is ongoing with this, um, and and it's just. And it's so weird watching it unfold because it's it, it's such a weird little you know you talk to you talk to a guy like like um, like Peter that we're going to be talking to in a minute who is designing a board for the 128 based largely on his love of the machine. It's not he's not doing it for money. He's, you know, he's not doing it. He, he, he didn't do an Indiegogo or Kickstarter. He's not trying to get anything really off of it. He's even talking about releasing it open source, so anyone can make one. Um, and then you got these dudes who grabbed a ton of money through Indiegogo, um, and now have dicked people around seemingly for a couple of years, I guess, and haven't produced anything, and now. Now that they're being threatened with collections, now it's like, oh, we'll ship something by the end of April. And as far as I know, nothing's being shipped yet. 
and April's over. Mm. There's a lot of drama going on. Yeah. Twin Galaxies, high score drama, Tell Me More, Audio City drama from Yeruntel, Keycaps drama from yeah. Factor. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Peter is right over here waiting for us to start talking. <laughs> so let's go and talk to him and find out all about the 128 remastered. <clears throat> so today we are actually talking to Peter Reichenbach and um, he is a Swiss guy that actually came into the picture um, on a Forum 64 actually announcing a, a prototype he's working on and it's called the 128 Remastered. Not, not reloaded because when you look up 128RL you find ceramic cabinet knobs. <laughs> as, I, as I discovered I, I mean, before we started, I mean, I mean, if if you're looking for 128 RM, you uh, finding a, uh, somehow Tesla parts. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. So, welcome to the podcast, Peter. Yes, nice to have Thank you here. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no problem. Um, yes, well, so let's start a bit actually with how you got involved into the retro scene. And why did you actually start making a 128 prototype where everybody else is working on the Commodore 64 and actually ignoring the 128? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I read a lot of that. That is actually not necessary making a redo of the 128. But I think, yeah, why not? However, um, to the backstory that makes a bigger picture why and and so For, uh, in my childhood I got the C64C with the 1541-2 drive hmm. that gone somehow I don't know anymore because <laughs> right. I was so uh, young mm -hmm. but after that uh my my friend back then had had one had like a, a one twenty eight and I was like oh more RAM and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh that's like a really short version of it. I, I was kind of the was. same. I was kind of the uh, same way. I had I had started with the sixty four C and a one and a fifteen forty one two, just like you. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I wanted to update to. Um, my my big thing was I wanted an Amiga. I was I was dying to get an Amiga, but ah. by the time that I had managed to save up enough money to get an Amiga, Commodore had gone south, and you couldn't get them anymore. At least in the U.S., they were pretty sparse to begin with, and once Commodore was out of the picture, you couldn't get them anywhere. And a friend of mine had actually grown up with a 128 and a 1571, and that ended up being my my upgrade. Which I, I used for another you know another five years because the 128 actually adds quite a bit of functionality to the 64. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. It sounds like a same. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, like uh, ten years, nothing. I I did not own any any kind of eight bit retro uh, retro stuff. Wherever I owned um, an NES. I do still have them somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I bought an, an Amiga 600. And I was like, wait a second. This is this this one is much smaller than the one uh, the 
C64, and that, uh, and that was like, hmm. And, uh, and then my mind kind of played with that, how it could be possible put the 128 in this small kind of space, probably. And I... I recently discovered it. It is a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with the 128, was such a what, what did what did Bill Hurd call it? Like the the motherboard that never should have been made or something. It was because it's got it's three different computers all mashed into one. No, that was the Mega 65 guys that called it the uh, the motherboard that never should have been been made. Because it's it's you know it's got the the Z80 processor or the Z80 for you European guys, the the Z80 yeah. processor on it. It's got the the 128 native mode. It's got the 64 mode, and it's all kind of crammed together in the most inconvenient way possible onto a motherboard. So I I can imagine it's got to be quite a complicated undertaking to translate that to. Is, is this is this emulation based that you're looking at or FPGA? No, neither neither oh. of both. Oh, it it is it is like a real 128 cramped on the smallest space possible. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. So more like the Jens Schönfeld's C64 Reloaded. Some kind of way, yes. May more like the Mark One. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because on the picture you can actually see the. Um, the ships, the ICs, are looking really much like the original ones. Mm -hmm. But all the ICs is under the sockets, also the logic chips. Mm. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm interested to hear what what um what is your actually your goal with that? I mean, on the forum you said you actually made a little modification on it, so there will be some some um you said there will be some um different outputs. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean the um, the forum sixty four forum or community uh, have quite a big suggestion and please to me to convert it I actually uh, the photos what you see is actually uh, for that you must cut out a big portion of the ball uh, of the casing itself hmm. and the community said eh, can you do that that is like the vanilla c64 board style <laughs> So I kind of already converted back to it and uh, using uh, the video auto uh, audio port for uh, right now for S video, but I will somehow later on do it for HDMI if I get that somehow work. Hmm. That would be good. Are you looking for that, the HDMI output for both the 40 and 80 columns? Because... My big gripe with the the one twenty eight, and, and I've got I've got one, but I can't use the eighty columns. In, in well, I can use it, but in in black and white because it doesn't have um, finding an RGB monitor that doesn't yeah, cost a million dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's almost impossible to find a screen for it. So you're limited to either just black and white or not using eighty columns at all. So right now the state F, uh, is 
so, so right now, uh, is both signals going through the S-video output. Mm. You can switch between that. Okay, cool. Ah, uh, yeah, you you wrote there would be a switch on the right side of of the board. Yeah, a couple of, <laughs> but that 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 was that that is gone because I must I must keep the underside or the case itself uh, so as is. Okay, so you changed your mind based and uh, you changed your mind based and, um, on the feedback already. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, I mean, if you if you look at at others, for example, the Ultimate sixty four that um, Gideon Schweitzer from the Netherlands just released, um, you you will have to cut out a hole too in the back because. The user port is missing, and this there will be an additional cable for it, an adapter for it, and to make space for it, you have to cut out a hole because at the user port um, there's actually right now HDMI and um, USB ports mm. on that place. So even even if you decided to to go for cutting out some pieces of the case you will not be the only one but as i understand people are poorest they they don't want to make modifications <clears throat> yeah it's it's it, it's it's kind of, it is like both they say don't do modification on the other hand says uh, oh wow you got the OG C64 without the the uh the warranty seal. They still warranty seal in that, and they say, "Ah, you must, you must open it. You must put uh, heat sinks on it, and mm -hmm. so on." And so, so that's going in somehow in both ways. Yeah. Actually, there is also uh, yeah, somehow the repl replacement parts for 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 the case itself. Also, so a new re reproduction. Oh yes, yes, uh, the C sixty four C cases. You mean the reproduction cases, right? Exactly. Ah, yeah, she is. I was wondering when she yeah. come back. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm all about. I, I've I've seen this argument that that we shouldn't modify, or that we should. And I mean, I've made the argument before that that everyone's C sixty four is kind of. Everyone has a custom machine in some way. You know, you add things to it, you take things away. Mine's got, you know, I've done so much nonsense to this thing. It's got a different label. I've got, I changed the LED just because I could, you know, because I felt like having a, an orange LED in it. You know, you, you, I've got the sit effects in there with a, you know, holes drilled in the top for the switches and whatnot. It's, I don't see anything wrong with, with modifying it because it's at the heart of it. It's still, it's still a C64 and it's, it's not. It's not like you know you're you're adding little things, but it's not like you're changing the the spirit of the machine. And there's enough of these things where you know if I drill a hole in a case, it's not gonna it's not gonna adversely impact the value of all the other cases left because there's millions of these things. Uh, back in the forum, I refer to 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 car guys because they there is also car guys there. They want a car original. There is some there improve it, and there's others that are completely modified. Yeah, that's that's my that's my other go-to analogy because I'm I'm a Jeep guy, and everybody <laughs> everybody has you know nobody's Jeep is stock. They all add things to it. They all change things about it. They put things in. They they 
put stickers on it or lift it or bigger tires, you know, and, and it's, but, you know, and no one's complaining that like, oh man, you ruined it because it's not stock anymore. You know, it, it's, it's is, about customizing it and making it your own. There is probably guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you look back at it, even Commodore themselves did constant modifications oh, yeah. on on the machines. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if oh, you if you, you open the if you open the machines, you will see what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, I bought like uh, three or four months ago, like so scrap six or seven Commodore C sixty fours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There, there there was like oh mess. Yeah. I mean I mean for example I have a French as D sixty four and the French D sixty four they they just used a transformer board for a CCAM signaling and they they just did they just did it um like putting wires on the back Hand soldered mm-hmm. on the board, mm-hmm. like a little kid did it, you know, <laughs> not like professionally in a factory. Yeah. And they sold it. They sold it to France, and that is what you would get as a French person. You would get a hand soldered piece of mess, and you would pay money for it. Yeah. And dare you to not open it because it it would it would totally look crap inside, you know. Yeah. And also avoid your warranty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, even though true. the the 128s had had kind of that uh that that customized thing. There's that if you if you look at the board on a 128 and and I, I was actually um uh I saw Bill Hurd talk about this at the Retro Computer Festival. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh last year. There's a wire that goes from the the Z80 and it goes around the bottom and back up at the top. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I, that, know, I know about that. Yeah, and that was to fix a problem that maybe happened on one out of every 50 machines. But just to be sure of it, it goes where it goes. But but where that is on machine to machine, because the guy that was showing it to him, the, the wire went over this way and down that way and connected. And he's like, that's not how we made it. But, but in looking online, uh, it, it could be anywhere. You know, it's it's my, mine happens to go down along the bottom and, and go to where it's supposed to go. But I've seen ver- versions of it where it's it's not glued down at all, or it's it goes around this chip up here and back down. And it's, it, it, you know, there was such a I hate to say half-assed, but Commodore was really half-assed about <laughs> about making these things. I mean, I mean, what I also heard. This happens uh, only at uh, CPM mode and only twenty percent of the time. Right, right. It's crashing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. There also, 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 somebody said that in the forum, and and I was like, uh, you know, this connection is actually in my board, like not more like an inch long. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so this is going to be. So we're you're looking at a direct bolt in. Sort of like the the reloaded in that you can pop it into this the 128's case in place of the yes. original motherboard, which is great because I could use a new motherboard because I I drilled through that whatever that thing is. Maybe maybe you know since you're a 128 guy, maybe you can tell me what this is. Hang on a second. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Jetzt darfst du gleich noch Fehleranalyse machen. Oh no! I, I must go. I must go. <laughs> so, 
in, I'm an idiot, and I was drilling uh, a, a hole in my case for my 128. And I drilled through the little, it's a little ring with some wires around it. Ah, that thing. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I'm actually, actually more expert on a DCR because it's a little bit uh, other style of a board. Okay. But that is that that is the coil of uh, on the power side. Okay. Yeah. Because because I, I I asked when I was at Vintage Computer Festival, I actually asked Bill Hurd about what to do about that, like. Because I don't even know what that thing is called. And I'm trying to figure out, maybe I can replace it. But I don't even know what to look for if I'm buying parts. And when I mentioned it to him, he was his response was, we made millions of those, just get another one. <laughs> wow. So, which is, which is what I did. But I still have this board, and if I can salvage it, because everything else on it is great, just, just that one stupid thing I drilled through. And and wrecked it, and I, there's a great video of it. Some well, I, I, we haven't done the Cinefx video yet, although although it is in one of our podcasts. And then I think that uh, Retrocram retweeted us. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, did yep, or yep, they did. Yeah, they did. Drilling through and going. <laughs> Why are you drilling on your board? <laughs> well, I was drilling a hole in the back because I was putting the Cinefx in this thing, and I was putting the audio output thing there. And being impatient, I was trying to take. I was trying to show video of me modifying everything in order to put this thing in. But being impatient as I am, I didn't bother to take the board out of the case before I drilled through it. So I drilled through and then it goes, you know, as just as you're getting through it and right through that thing. And I'm just like, in the video, you see me go, oh, fuck. And then I'm trying to like figure out what I did. And, and I had, I never even tried powering it on again. And I just went and, and put it in a different machine, but. Uh, but but can this coil be replaced? I'm sure it can. I just don't know. I don't know what to look for to buy a new one because so I look Peter, for what's what's like called roundy wire thing. I, and uh, I looking right now the schematics for for the right board, <laughs> <laughs> and this is connected to the nine volt AC. Okay, and also to to the five volt DC. So you need actually both. One for at least for the TOD clock and five volt is self, uh, says itself. <laughs> yeah, because I also you need you also you need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And and I look for parts online, but it's like I'm looking. I don't I don't know what to what to look for. So it's just you know roundy wire thing or or whatever. And of course nothing shows up because. You know, I'm making up words. Uh, if 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 it's it, it's a ferret core, mm. so it can be a ferret bread oh. itself. Okay. So actually, you can just hotwire it. Oh, and okay. It's gone. Oh, nice. That makes that is awesome then because so I, I thought about that. Actually, but I didn't want to take a chance. Actually, if you have a C64, the smaller board, mm -hmm. it has the exact same core oh. on it. Okay. I, I have one of those. I actually have a couple of those. So, so now you know what it's called, I, I and now know. you can get a replacement. Yes, that, oh, and I also know that I can just bypass it and hotwire it, which is pretty nifty as well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, if it blew up and and I get somehow messaged, then nah. I just ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'll, or, I'll, I'll be sure to make know, a video because because my my electronic failures make the best videos. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that, that, that's, this, that's this is already funny. A, this is already one of the most productive podcasts we've had because I've learned things. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny because uh, yesterday I played uh, Giant Sisters and the thing just shut off. Really? I was like, oh. <laughs> and it was like it was like it probably not the power supply because I replaced that I made a new one so I don't know huh. that's 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 going on the list on the list yeah of doing things ah nice nice like upgrading my 3D printer it's on the list yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so so um, actually I wonder this um c128 um remastered so it it will be like the c64 reloaded just a board and people have to supply their sh their ic's themselves to put into yes i i like i i i, I can i kind of probably wouldn't have to demand to put everywhere the correct chip for Paul or NTSC hmm. guys. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Where should I find so much, <laughs> so much ICs? <laughs> right, right. Huh. Now, and you were I mean, also talking about how you were thinking that um, compared to the A600, which is a little tiny case, how you could put the the 128 into a smaller case. And are there plans to put it in a smaller housing, or or is this just going to be the uh the the bolt-in replacement for the board in the main case uh the first problem is what actually people also ask ask me why i don't do a direct replacement for for the c64 uh, c64 c128 oh god <laughs> <laughs> and and the answer is uh, it needs at least three different boards to make right and that's gonna kind of heavy doing three boards parallel right parallel point <laughs> mm. but but it will still have all the modes so it will still have um these the cpm mode the c64 mode and the 128 yes and this this all in the form factor of um a c64 case so so then i wonder what you will what will you do about the keyboard because we know the c128 has more keys uh, this this was also also uh, one of the bigger questions <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i kind of must uh, re uh, not record uh, translate the key map from c64 to c128 because it's not the same mm. so when I using like um, Atmel chip or or something similar, then I I I, I could just add some shortcuts. Then you could have the same key as the one twenty eight, except for probably for numpad and the upper arrow case. Hmm. That will be probably gone. Okay. Gone. Okay. What about taking like a Putting like the, a USB port on it, and then allowing the hookup of regular. This is this this is also the people uh, was was requested from me. 
that I somehow add a USB port or I, should I make an adapter that, I, that they can use the, the DCR or D uh, keyboard? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have to admit, I kind of like the idea of also being able to put it in the original 128 case and say, connecting the original keyboard on it. Right. Alternatively, I, I would totally support having two connectors, one for yeah. the C64 keyboard and one for the 128 keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, because... The 128 keyboard is one of the best keyboards that was ever made, in my, yeah. in my opinion. But they, 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 is, they're hard to find, though. I have, like, four of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I have only two DCRs. <laughs> uh, well, the, the other problem is with, with the keyboard. The connector is a quiet, massive piece of junk. Mm-hmm. And and you guys know I yeah. I can't I can't cut the case, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so I somehow must must make another junky box for it. It's probably also not a very great great solution. Well, um, I also wonder how progressed is this prototype. So, are you going to release it like this year, or do you think it's going to happen next year? How far is it progressed, actually? Wait, I, I must, I must Google that. That you can understand how fast I work. <laughs> <laughs> I call it, or it is called, the Wolf Time, and it kind of uh, also represents how I work. Okay. When I, when I look so back. So you you mean like years? <laughs> no, not that far. But I was like uh, I I said in the forum that I kind of uh, give the board to manufacturing mm-hmm. end of this month. Okay. Oh, that's pretty. It's close. not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> more, more like more like middle of May or, or something like that. Okay. It's an interesting link. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Valve time October ninety seven. Actual time September ninety eight. That that reminds me of of ICQ back in the days where the ICQ team announced the new version is coming out soon, which meant a year and a half yeah. later. That, that reminds me of, of you and me discussing when we're going to get the podcast edited and released. And I'm like, oh, we'll get it done in two days. And then four days later, and I'm like, and you're like, okay, where is it? And it's like, yeah, another day. <laughs> so uh, so will, will will i be able to afford it or will it be very very expensive that's also the other point yeah this this is also another great question i don't know i mean, <laughs> I, mean I'm, I must yeah. see how, how much it cost after how much is the demand after that and as podcasters will we get a free copy to review <laughs> Why didn't I write that in the invitation? We yeah. only invite you if we get a free copy of the item. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I mean, I mean, Jörg invited me, so I, I could send only Jörg one mm. copy. That's, that's the problem. Jörg gets, Jörg gets all the swag. We don't get well, it. Well, you, the rest you, of us you, don't get anything. 
Well, you've got the Commodore phone. Yeah, after so. you had your mitts all over it. I, I got it as a hand-me-down. <laughs> well, um, but that wasn't that wasn't my fault. They packaged it wrong. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, no, they didn't package so, it wrong. They just never sent it. That, that's... <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, we are sending you two units, yeah, and we only got yeah. one. Yeah. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what happened? What happened in Italia? Um, right. So, so actually, you don't well, well, know. So, yet. for for a price, uh, do you have a general idea? Like, are we talking maybe sub sub two hundred euros or or above that? And I'm going I euros because we're in. Will be a little bit more, okay, because there is way more components on the on 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 the board itself mm-hmm. as the reloaded MK1. Also, I want to add the coolers or the okay. or heat sinks, heat sinks to the stuff mm-hmm. to prevent death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So if, I don't know. I actually, I really don't want to go over 300. I ah, don't want okay. Okay. somehow in between death. Okay. death. And, and so, this will be for a fully populated board with, with chips and heat sinks and everything already installed. Yeah. Yes, except except the Commodore 128 specified MOS chips. Right. Right, so... I see. I see. So it's like it's like half already put put into um, the ICs, and the other half you have to supply your own. Right, but that it's... that would that would be roughly on par with the other. Because if you get if you get a reloaded and it's got most of the chips in it already, you're going to be paying more than you know the base price for it if you had to populate with your own. Yeah, yeah. The I also got one of the reloaded, which was limited, and the Mark One was limited. And part and, and the first the first units you could get, they would come with a SID chip and a PLA, and and all the other sockets were empty. So they had like you had like two three ICs the, already on it. Does the reloaded have a PLA? Yeah, it has. I it thought has the reloaded a, was a. I I thought the reloaded was like a um. A modification of the shortboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Mark II has the Mark II has no PLA. Okay, because the, the shortboard has no PLA. No, that's not true. The shortboard has a super PLA. It's a different PLA, but it has a PLA. Well, it's I got know that, it. That MMU chip that handles the PLA stuff, but it does a lot of other stuff along with the PLA stuff. Yeah, but it's still called super PLA. Is I know because called? mine is broken, and I just caught. I just bought a spare one. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. That, that thing went wrong on that. That chip went wrong on a shortboard. I've never heard of that going bad on a shortboard. I know, but but I think mine You're it lucky. is because it has the lucky it man. has the except except it has the except symptoms. Uh. <laughs> so I guess I guess mine is broken. Even if I read every everywhere, <laughs> it's very unlikely. But I'm the lucky guy. Yeah, of course. Get, I'm yeah. always getting the unlikely uh-huh. errors. Um, That's not your Aldi 64, is it? No, no, no. It's a no, no. It's also, a short board. It's also broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny. You know, this summer never 
I mean, the summer didn't really start, and already uh, two C64 died on me while I was using it. I'm like, oh my god! It's a sign. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I should have used the 128 instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. So, so Peter. So, um, any other any other plans for your prototype? What what exactly mean, uh, mean you by this? Well, are there going to be um, so so? This is just basically it's a it's a direct replacement of of a one twenty eight, and and you were saying something ah. like maybe adding some some features to it that the original didn't have. Also, what is already coming is SD to IC. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Uh, I kind of uh, in this weekend reworked the um, amplifier for the SID chips. Okay. How? How? What is that? How, how? What effect does that have? I mean, the the transistor amplifier did actually a really great job, and I, I, there is nothing wrong wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But you can't add like a big. Uh, speaker to it because it 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 has somehow ac problems and can damage the chip itself right so and and the chip what i want to populate with it is is some uh there is couple safety stuff in it and actually when these chips broke the amplifier chip when it blows then it's like at least five dollar replacement Hmm. So, so it's more like the safety feature than the amplifier feature. Okay. That it. That is. This is. That I did. Okay. Cool. cool. I actually didn't know that you could break something on a 128 like that. No, it's it's general. Actually, you can break a SID chip with it hmm. if you connect the wrong input. Uh, the yeah, sound input. No... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's also no no fuse in the 128 like there is in the 64 that buffers it against stuff, which yep. is totally different. But but yeah, but I mean, yeah. And I mean, an an amplifier chip, a little bit more modern, probably nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, that is why you make the difference between vintage and retro. Yeah, vintage is retro but modified with modern components. That's what you call a resto mod. <laughs> that's what. Uh, uh, that's another more more car culture stuff. That's when you take a, a classic car and you restore it, but with modern stuff. So it'll look like you know an old forty eight Packard or whatever, but it's got you know the 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 touch screen and the the you know. The, the fuel injection, board. right? Exactly, right. Fuel injection and modern engines and components. Yeah. So I also wondered. You came out with this announcement quite late, so you you didn't start the announcement at an early stage. Is it because you didn't want to to disappoint people's expectations, or is it like you didn't want so much feedback and then being demotivated? And going in a different direction with your project, I just wonder. I, I mean, I mean, it would it would be more like the pressure right now. It, it's like since almost two weeks that I announced it, and, and I feel the pressure slowly goes 
down. Because hmm. when, when I announced that, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> People bumping me, uh, me with emails and uh, also the forum. And wow. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you you should you should have done it like Jens Schönfeld on the April's first, the April's right. Fool's Day. Nobody believed him, so there was no pressure." Yeah, <laughs> you are probably right, but uh, the other problem was uh, somehow the manufacturers screwed up this uh, board. Oh, really? Actually, yeah, it's, it's screwed up. It's it's actually right now it's it's a prop. Mm. Theoretically, it it is fully working board, but somehow the manufacturer screwed that up, and I said like, "What have? Send that to me." Hmm. And they kind of kind of almost ref, uh, refund the whole money for that. So. Ooh. That's, That's why a lot nice. of these, you know, I know, I know, uh, Gideon with his with his um, sixty four ultimate, ultimate 64, he's doing 64. it in very, he's making very small batches because because of just that sort of thing because the manufacturers can can goof it up, and this way if he gets them in batches of a hundred, he can check them, and if there is a, a screw up, then it's not like he just spent thousands of dollars getting all these boards made, you know. <sighs> Well, you you just could make it. Um, you just could take it to your advantage. You could say like, now with funny virus, just like yeah, it's like right, original yeah. one hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, exactly. Don't know? don't open it for God's sake! Don't open it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it also looks like one hundred twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so people would say, "Wow, it's it's looking like 85 here." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually pretty. If it's you've sent it to the manufacturers, this is actually pretty good along into the prototyping phase. This is beyond just planning. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, from the pictures, I would say, "Hey, take my money. I I will yeah. get one." Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, the funny thing is, I I got like. 10 or 12 emails who uh, stand take my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said. I yeah. was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or do I take pre-orders? I was like, dude, it's not even ready. It's There's not even done. Nothing to pre-order. <laughs> yeah. You want also the pre-order. I mean, I will not probably start the pre-order if I have uh, absolutely great working prototype. Mm -hmm. there, there, there is also a lot of optimization what I must make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But, but you know, the community goes a strange way anyway. I mean, you know, the first 100 Ultimate 64, one of them resold it on eBay. Oh, yeah. One thousand yeah. $1, two hundred dollars. Somebody like, bought rare. it. Someone oh. bought it. So, I mean, I mean, I mean you, if you make a limited quantity of it, yeah, I mean, probably sure, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but Gideon is not. He's just making right. it in in in, in limited amounts, and then you get the next round. You know, like the Ultimate sixty four, yeah. uh, like the Ultimate 
1541. I like I like that. how the guy that that sold that that he he uh, intentionally blurred out all the serial numbers and stuff, probably because he didn't want Gideon to know who it was <laughs> who it was that was selling it. Probably. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's really kind of a cool time in the six uh, in in the 64 and 128 scene because there's a lot of stuff in just the last couple of years a lot of really cool stuff coming out you know aside from the the 64 reloaded one and two there's the there's the um the gideon's uh, thing this ultimate 64 yeah, yeah. right the, the the 128 remastered which looks awesome and i would totally i would totally get one um there's more Yay. more SD to IEC devices than you can count. There's more Wi-Fi modems than than I have time to review. I got I got seven of them sitting here. It's ridiculous. Um, there's all these things coming out, and and we're at a point now where we can do this, where we can start reproducing some of this stuff. We have the technology. There's there's an Amiga 500 replacement similar to. To this, where it's it's the board, and you have to pop the, you know, give it your own chips. Um, there's also you know the the, the little mist computers, but I don't I don't you know believe in that. Um, mm-hmm. The sixty four is out, which is again it's emulator based, but it's still a thing that is out. It's it's just a really cool time for all this stuff to be out, and to to be involved in this because there's lots of things to spend your money on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things to make sure I'm still poor. I, I know that feel. I know that feeling. I, I already know the price for for the fully assembled prototype. That's it's right. it's not funny. No, no. But uh, I hope you got enough money in your bag. Well, but you can uh, also. Uh, you know, well, uh, there's also you know uh, I this is one of the those. Instances where there hasn't been crowdfunding or anything, you know, it, you haven't been, you know, you could easily turn this around and and do a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo campaign. And you, I'm sure, you know, you know, Kickstarter and 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 so on stuff. I I really don't like this this this. I I think those guys will, also not all, but the med, uh, the most of it, mm-hmm. they 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 going after after money, only oh, yeah. the money. Yeah, yeah. And and if if I would uh, I would say I've, I I make it only for only for the money I was I would say well I am done here yeah, have it right. whatever but I'm kind of not that guy I want to do it right well I mean I mean um, of course there are also there are also projects where people did it different for example the Aquanox. Deep Descent, they just wanted a part of the money via Kickstarter to make sure, to, to see if there's enough interest in it. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. rest the rest was paid by the publisher. So, um, but of course, of course, you could use it as a backup system so you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to put in your own money um, and, um, and then you would get kind of a refund for all your prototype work. But of course, I understand um, because a lot of Kickstarters and Indiegogo actually never turn into reality. And suddenly people are gone with the money. That unfortunately happens also sometimes. Right, you know, right. It also that you, you never to, get your stuff. You know? It also opens you up to a lot of – A, it makes, makes it so that this is now – you're now on the hook to do this. 
Like right right now, you know, yeah. if, if you'd changed your mind tomorrow, you could do that and and there's nothing, you know, that that's okay. If you decided, "Ah, I don't want to do this." That that's fine. Yeah. With if you if you've collected a ton of money, then you're on the hook to do it for real. And if if you don't, then people are going to be mad. They they're going to be outside your house with torches and pitchforks. Ah, as ah. we've seen with the with the probably yeah the the ZX Vega Plus, which is in its ninth year of nonsense. Yeah, well, the uh, Vega Plus is a different beast here because it's actually the first crowdfunding um, project that was successfully sued. Yeah, yeah. Now they're talking oh. about releasing. Well, we'll do that in the news section. We don't have to. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it's it's always interesting talking to a, an an engineer, as you can yeah. as you can see here. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm on board. I I like this idea a lot. I I would totally, absolutely get this. Interestingly, I saw Peter on your Twitter. You were you were making jokes about people being. Uh, um, being nasty to you because <laughs> on the pictures you had plastic fake coolers. Also, I mean, I mean, I I did like an alpha design for, from from the heatsinks itself, and I was like, hmm, it will be probably cool put it on them to to show people how it would look like later on, and people like, hey, this this uh, you you can't cool. Uh, ICs with PLA, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, really, really, really?" It's just a picture. <laughs> it is also a prototype. It stands. Uh, it's written two times. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you also can't cool a thing with a with a with a dumb uh, cardboard shield with a pin bent down to touch a chip. That doesn't do anything either. But Commodore oh, yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, but but the Commodore yep. put the cardboard into uh, with the plastic uh, with the um, with the foil, the metal metal foil, yeah. to to meet German regulations well, for but, shielding. But even even just with if it's the metal shield, they just had that little that little finger stick down and touch a chip. It does nothing. A tiny bit, a really it, tiny. It does bit. a tiny bit because compared to my bread bins. <laughs> My my the ones with the metal shielding never never died of heat on on my side at, at least, um, and I'm and I'm using them at Gamescom each year, f and they are running eight hours for five days each yeah. day, so never never broke any. So I have been lucky here either, or it's helping a, a bit indeed. I don't know. Well, but I mean, you could also say that you know I used to have. These machines with no heat sink on it at all, running in, you know, in ninety degree weather, and they never overheated or anything. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, you know, it, right? I mean, these they weren't meant to be. They they were designed to not necessarily need a heat sink. You know, that wasn't a thing that they really thought about. They they put it on the Vic afterwards just to kind of eh, just because. But you could probably get away with not running any heat sinks on them. But it, yeah, you know. I mean, when I when I look my C chips with a heat sink, mm -hmm. it gets hot. Oh yeah, it gets oh, really yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, I put heat sinks on every chip in there, even the ones that didn't need it. And yeah, if you run in the thing and you touch that heat sink, 
it's it's a thousand degrees, so it's doing something. But you know, I mean, the, the, theoretically, the the chip could run forever at that temperature and and not die, or it could die tomorrow. There's no yeah, but but if you put put one of it, then it could probably yeah get a longer oh yeah savage life. Right. Yeah, that's also the problem aging because the ICs the the they age, you know. I mean the first 128 was released in 85. I mean that's a floppy th- uh, th- uh 33 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. And hopefully this prototype also runs for 33 years when I got one. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. The idea was to, to hit things to get as as much height as possible mm-hmm. for for max, maximizing the cooling performance. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So it's kind of a heat pipes thing. No, no heat pipes, but uh, <laughs> the, the size also. I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I must I must recalculate that to to get the proper. Heat dissipation numbers. Ah, interestingly, so there's actually some math involved. Okay, get some liquid cooling in there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you could. And I wonder, on on some of them, you put in a hole in the middle. What is that for? Uh, where do you in in the that? coolers? In the coolers, you put in uh, a hole. You you also see the holes on the board itself. <laughs> This is also the T-stand or, or the mount for the coolers. Oh. Ah, okay. This okay. is all, always between the chips. Mm. I see, I see, I see. And okay. at so, the ROM side or the SSIT uh, side is one between. Oh, yeah, of course. Makes sense. I mean, if you can if you can cover more than one, why not, why not, making, a, why not making it a bigger one? A bigger one? Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Oh my God! I mean, I'm really thrilled because um, I mean, compared to the C64 that was sold 17 million, um, the Commodore 128 was only sold for 5.8 million yeah. units. So that's quite a difference, you know. So and it was such a cool. The, the 128 is such a cool machine, and I, I I've said it a couple of times where um, if you're using Geos. One, the 128 is what you need. The, uh, Geo's on the 64 is, you know... Slow. It, yeah, it's... Even even with... I mean, I've got more than one drive. I've got the, the 512K RAM expansion. I've got, you know, all the stuff that you would need. And it's still painful to use Geo's on a 64. On the 128 in 80 columns, Geo's flies. It feels like a real solid operating system. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's if you want to do something like that with with and, and actually use geos, the one twenty eight is what you need to use. If you want to do anything that that, and and again, like I said before, when I updated my system, which is and this is back in ninety six, I think, um, the one twenty eight was what I upgraded to, and I actually used it into one twenty eight mode for almost most almost all the time for like five years, and it's. It is a huge upgrade over the 64 and but it never got the 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 recognition and the attention that the 64 had. Well, Commodore was too late with that. Right. <laughs> exactly, right. Right. 
they they were trying to figure out how, how do we stretch out the 8-bit line a little bit more. Well, we'll do this and, and we'll release this. But at that point, a lot of people had moved on to other things and the 128 never got the the support and and the recognition that it could have that could have made it awesome and anything that brings it back and you know brings attention back to it and expands on it like like this is this is making this is potentially um this is potentially providing a motivation to even make more 128 stuff if if, I hope if, so. if, if you know what I mean, because it makes it more of a, it makes it a much more viable platform again, because it's like, here's new boards with, you know, that you can, that you can use and you have 128 compatibility with stuff, you know, and, and, and it makes it something that, that can become, um, I don't want to say popular, but can, can become interesting to people again. Mm-hmm. CPM, eh, no, no, no one cares about that. <laughs> Actually, Tessie, I, I got a couple of emails about C- CPM. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as AJ said, you don't have any um, any um, problem to change your mind now because you didn't go with crowdfunding. But tell me, I would be very, very, very sad if you decide tomorrow to not do it anymore. Because now I'm totally thrilled yeah. to to have to have this board with me, and um, and uh, I have to say one of the best things I um, I find about the Ultimate 64 is like, oh, there's a bug in it. Oh, no problem. There's a patch. Just put it on a on a, a thumbnail drive and put it in your USB port and then update your C64. Hey, did you, bug fake. Did you get yours yet? Yes. Pardon? Did you get yours what? yet? If I, if I get what? Did you get yours yet? Your ultimate. Sure, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, that that's yeah. right. <clears throat> we talked about that in the in the intro. Forgot about that. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. So, so, um, so, um, so. I don't know. I don't know. Despite it's not an FPGA based solution, you do, Peter. Do you actually plan to to uh, to well insert some kind of updating it if people find bugs in it in a way? I mean, that would be kind of catastrophic for me <laughs> yeah i don't know how you would do that because this is this is a yeah. mostly a hardware thing it's not there's not a software it's, fix it's, for a it's bug. Com- completely a logic level problem yeah. then ah okay yeah well i i mean i don't know how jens schoenfeld is doing it but jens schoenfeld in the mark ii which is also a lot a lot um um a hardware replacement he's he's allowing updates i mean well, he, he never he's got, any updates yet. he has um I think that he is doing what while it is largely a logic replacement there is custom FPGA stuff on the board for lower level things maybe maybe that you know those thing. little the little the little flat chips that are you know stuck throughout the thing mm-hmm. they they handle mm-hmm. they handle some of the circuitry and whatnot that that would be you know a, 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 I don't know what it would look like on the original board but that's that I think is what would be updated. You know, just gate arrays and crap like that. Yeah. 
Anyway, interesting question. I don't actually know Peter. what a Gatorade is, but I just use that word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are not pattern engineers. No. Um, so anyway, Peter, is there any bug in the 128 that you want to do want to get rid of? Uh, the VDC has, uh, I think, two register bugs. Hmm. That is already solved. I think it's dollar twelve and dollar thirteen, but I, I am not really sure. <clears throat> Other major bugs I didn't know about. Only about this one, hmm. or maybe maybe the video output from the VDC. Hmm. Yellow. Oh, mm. yeah. it's probably somehow <laughs> freaking out people. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean the the big disadvantage is with the 128, as AJ mentioned, if you want to connect to connect it to a PC, you can only do the 80 columns at black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess one of the reasons will be for people they can put it on a big screen. Um, there, there's without a dude, color. There's a dude, yeah. I, I know, he sells it on eBay that sells, um, I mean, you can get the components and make your own converter, so you can plug it into a VGA monitor, but there's a guy that, that sells these things with a, with a case and everything, which does it pretty well. But, but even then, you know, there's some weirdness, like the colors aren't quite, I think like, like yellow is brown or some, some nonsense like that. It's not quite perfect. It's not dark yellow, right? It's brown, right? Yeah, that's that's the issue, <clears throat> right? So, it's, but it's but a... I but I think I I kind of I theoretically fixed that. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you hope? <Cool>. Okay. <laughs> I hope. I, I see that if if I have a assembled unit, then I'm at the testing. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember the first batch and the second batch of the DTV, um, the European versions and also the American versions. They had actually a color bug, so um, that that the color white would be would be wrong, and then you you wouldn't be able to read anything in summer games in the menu and um, because. The colors were off, and That's you actually okay. had to use a, a poke. Not to wear, not to play summer games. Uh, you are you are the <laughs> only guy on the planet hating summer games. That's amazing. <laughs> Everybody else loves it, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, well, it's, it's it's good to know. It's good to know. It's good hmm. to know. Yeah. So, um, are you are you planning to release more info on it? I mean. <clears throat> the, uh, the the forum 64 community asked to to get updated and I was like okay I could weekly add a change log or something like that mm -hmm. uh, by by end of the week what I've done right where I'm at and and something like that hmm. yes, English, also, of course yeah, <laughs> yeah it's interesting because there's no information in English. And all the all all the information the English community got is 
Google Translate the German stuff, mm. you know. <laughs> and, uh, no, I um, know. You know, and so I've I've I was talking to people and said like, well, why don't we in invite him to the podcast so yeah. he can talk in English and explain to us what he's <laughs> working on actually because there's no information in English out at all. Um, which of course I understand because you are from the German part of Switzerland, so German would probably come first. Yeah, you know, um, so yeah. people. Call, uh, people instantly hit on that and used Google Translate, and then they, you know, some stuff got wrong, rumors got started, you know, all this thing that's happening then. So um, I, I like to hear from the person myself rather than, rather than some Google Translated information, you know. Actually, actually, that's also also the reason why uh, I adding the change log. Okay, oh. is they change logs? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in English, that uh, people who, who read uh, can see what I've done, and so. Oh. Right. Good, yeah. good, good. Nice. So awesome. let's I'm, hope I, I can get one under my Christmas tree I, this year. I am on board. I want one, and that's <laughs> and that's going quite a bit because I I have no you know, like the the sixty four reloaded and the sixty four ultimate I I don't need them because. I've got a 64 and I'm cool with that. But the the 128, yeah, I, I totally, absolutely get one of those. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You make me blushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it uh, yeah, you passed the scene world interview penetration test. Yeah. <laughs> The you know what, the what the penetration <laughs> test yeah penetration well, sounds, by that questions. sounds that sounds a lot dirtier than i think you meant it to be no no, no i didn't i didn't mean <laughs> it it, so, didn't meant it, it sounds just wrong it yeah. sounds just wrong <laughs> i meant it i meant it uh, penetrated by questions oh, oh yes yes it still sounds wrong <laughs> you 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 passed the scene world aztec challenge <laughs> okay good to know well um so from from my side yeah this so, would every bit everything i had to ask actually yeah so absolutely so we we you find this at um the website is the 128rm.com i think i said that right Yes. yes. <laughs> you can also find it on Forum sixty four. Was it? That's where there's just a general discussion of what's what's happening with happening, it. Happening, yeah. Awesome. And also, also, Bill Hurt uh, was was in the forum. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> like, oh boy, really, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Uh... Good, good. Well, so thanks, Peter, for taking the time. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. No, I'm still nervous. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And hey, you you helped you helped H A how to fix yes. this 128. Yes. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so have fixed question mark. Well, yeah. Well, well, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll have a little update for that. Well, well, I'll do an update episode on that. And... I'll show my progress of trying to fix it. Well, now, now you 
<laughs> now you have now I you have, have contact with the you have contact with the C hundred uh, one hundred twenty eight helpline yeah, email. If it doesn't work and I don't fix it, then I can just get the one the one twenty eight RM and stick it in there instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have already the chips on it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, I, I I could say something, but what 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 you guys probably wanna know mm -hmm. about sure. the size? Oh yes. Sure. Uh, of sure, of course, it, it is the. Uh, the, the flat mainboard size from mm. the C64, but even when you have the build in front of you, you probably see the frame mm. of it with uh, uh, 45 degrees of mesh or something like that. This you could probably cut this part of the board. The board would still work. Oh, this is that compressed. Okay. Okay, interesting. Because uh, I, I had a problem with a smaller C64 board on, on, the, on the very uh, left side. There's a CIA chip. Right. And I accidentally touched it a couple of times while it's on, and it kind of freaked me out. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. You're talking and about on the, on the picture there, there's like a little like hash marks on the... The bottom yeah, is yeah, like exactly, a, like a exactly. bracket there on the bottom that can, huh? So it's mm. actually small. It can be smaller than what's it, actually. It can being be. Produced. It can be way smaller. Yes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, I also planning like uh, adding uh, the schematics and and the documentation like for free away. Oh, so it's going to be sort uh, so, of open I mean, source sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing what I probably don't wanna publish is uh, is is the is, is the PCB layout, mm -hmm. or probably maybe sometimes, I don't know. Hmm. But the schematics That's... and the, the documentation, I probably will That's... give it away for free because huh. why not? I mean. And yeah, that that makes an interesting thing because you have sort of you know, the SD to IEC. Um, it, it was done similar. The schematics and, and documentation. It's open source. Anyone can make them. And 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 the ultimate spin set. Right. Uh, no, 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 not 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 the ultimate spin set, but the original spin set right. is also copied by a lot of people because yeah. they released all this stuff right. in public but it, domain. But yeah. so you end up with you know. A thousand or five different variations on it, and 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 that's that's really interesting because it gives people the motivation to create these, and you can get improvements and changes and additions from from outside. So you know th this version here might offer something that this version doesn't, and you know it makes it it it, it kind of saturates the market more with it. It becomes more of a you know really mainstream thing then that would be very cool i mean i mean when there is a guy there they will me uh, will remake my board good i mean good luck with that <laughs> <laughs> i i am already a year on it mm -hmm. and that's a long time yeah 
a long frustrating time. Well, I hope this interview motivates you to stick with it. Yeah, I think it's no. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's just starting nah. to quit now. And he's nah. like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea. He's... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, maybe I should just go make a sandwich instead. Yeah. <laughs> Only takes five and, minutes. And, and, you and, just, and just forget it completely about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess. I don't know. What is, what's that? <laughs> uh, you know. So, um, thanks a lot, Peter, for taking your time. It was a pleasure. Uh, not a problem. I, I kind of solved... Uh, be before the podcast, uh, some some major issues. Oh, okay. At, at the power delivery, oh. I have absolutely oh. no place for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see. Absolutely no freaking place for that. Uh. And, and and I have like, well, the three point three volts. I I can put that something something like to the as it to IEC. It doesn't need much. Hmm. Five volt rail is big. Nine volt is okay because it only uses uh, the eight five eight zero, but the twelve volt. It's a kind of yeah. tricky, right? <clears throat> While the amp uses also a lot. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Glad to hear you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this come out because I really, in all seriousness, not just not just podcast talk. I'm actually really jazzed about seeing this come out. <laughs> he will make pictures on his um, yeah. Facebook where he doesn't thrill in it. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He he, he makes a couple of more holes. <laughs> <laughs> for ventilation yeah yeah, yeah vent need ventilation yeah <laughs> and this time we had fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> for our fans yeah <laughs> need more horse <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. stickers at right. five horsepower apiece yeah <laughs> 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 All right, going, going going about five thousand cfm each. Well, all right. Well, thank you for sitting with us. That was this has been awesome. Still nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Peter. Um, no we will let you know as soon as we we have released it. Yes. Oh gosh. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> we, do, maybe we can do a follow up down the road when it's uh, when it's it's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And see how how it's coming along and how the how it's been received and whatnot and yeah sure yeah oh gosh <laughs> okay yeah yeah, yeah. sure okay. okay thanks a lot peter okay no problem so bye-bye right. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.